0: Roller Episode 55. Troy Skidmore, thank you so much for being on with Kim and I.
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Very excited.
0: <laughs> I like how you said "much depreciated," like an asset. Depreciated. <laughs> we're going to we're going to depreciate the Troy Skidmore brand today. Actually, uh, last last um, podcast we did, we um, was it last one? Yeah, we had Tiago and Pasha Stoliar on there. We broke down a boa, but I you
1: won a boa as well yeah yeah I was I was yeah I uh I fought against uh Ben Hodgkinson oh shit
0: that's so, yes, uh, right <laughs> wow. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah it was a fun a fun thing it was probably one of the highlights I suppose because it's such a professional ran event you know yeah. you felt like you know all the camera crews there the crowd there and the big hype and having your poster made and that it definitely was an absolute highlight um yeah. you know and it was a Ben was, you know, everyone knows Ben Hodgkinson. He makes a bit of rivalry, so yeah, in good on him. He made people talk about the match a little bit, which helped promote me. It's yeah. not yep. my my personality to to do that, but I understand why he was doing it and, it, and it did boost me up as well, and got a lot of attention on the match. So it was good. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now
2: Ben would have definitely been the bad guy, wouldn't he? He's
1: that's He's his persona.
2: <laughs> He's full
1: on. He's full yeah. on, but. You know what? It was it was good. It was good. It was a good match. Uh, ben ended up winning by two points. I think I was four to six or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, it was it was one of those things. But it was really good for me to because I had just opened my school at the time, my club at Limitless, and then um, have all my students there and watch and sort of, you know, lead by example. Try to you know try to do that. So, um, and it was great. Yeah, grass, Absolutely. Grass are event. you?
0: Are you? Would you consider yourself a competitor? Are you? Are you all about the competition or do you? Some, some kind of head coaches and business owners like to just compete to show that their school has what, it, you know, it can compete. Others do it because they love to compete. Others do it because they're scared shitless of competing. What's your kind of driver?
1: Uh, for many years, my main driver, uh, before I was even a full-time coach, was to to prove, to prove show my students that that I like to do it and I, I lead by example. So before I even opened Limitless, I... Um, my main drive was to know that I've gone to that black belt level and compete. So when I have a student who does it, mm-hmm. I know exactly what they're going through. Yeah. So are trying experience it myself first. So then when I can have a, a coach, a student, I know the emotions they're running through. Mm-hmm. Um, but always a long time that the long-term goal was to make, uh, me as a better coach from competing. Yeah, well, um, cool. if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I even used to, I used to write notes in my hand when I competed back in purple belt days. And it would say things like the motivation of competing because we all get nervous. Anyone who says they compete and don't get nervous, I, I really think they're lying. Like, and the lead up to it, I, I'm sure everyone, right before you the math, like, oh, here we go again. Why am I doing this again? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's what most people think. Yeah. Um, and I had it's to not write.
2: even when you're you're getting on the mat, Troy. Not for me, anyway. It's it's all the weeks before you're like, oh, all I'll that pull too. Out now. Eh?
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, going back to it, I used to write on my hand reasons to do things, and I used to write for your future students. That's why I was competing. You see some of my matches when I lift my hand up. It was when Purple Belt and Brown Belt, well before Limitless, and it was for the the future students to just put myself out there because the long term goal is wow. to get kids to, and adults to a national level and then international. We've already traveled a few times overseas. So yeah, um, that was the main drive and it still is. Uh, I'm not looking now. At, I'm, I'm way more focused on being a coach now um, than a competitor, but I still have that hunger to, to do bits and pieces as well. Um, but it's, you know, that doesn't pay the bills. Being a good coach, being on the mat, being uh, focused for the student is much more important than trying to win a another Pampax or something like that you know what I mean yeah Yeah. Yeah. and
2: you've got a huge club Troy like you guys just had a grading the other week and yeah um, yeah, you've got like god how many students have you got now like it's
1: huge Uh, hundreds uh kids alone well over a hundred and then adults same and then Muay Thai probably the same so Mm. somewhere for, for a town we're in Sunbury so it's an isolated town so there's no you know there's there's paddocks between us and the next town, so yeah. for having an isolated town like that, a satellite town, um, to have you know 300 over 300 members, mm. it's it's huge. Um, when I first decided to open here, which is where I grew up, um, you know, speaking to my coach Dave and Cam Rowe from Dominance and stuff, they're like, "Yeah, we'll work out in those isolated towns. You might get your 50 students, and you'll be able to survive off that, and it'll be okay." So um, to then grow like we are and still growing, it's it's really good for. Yeah for everyone and the whole, I'm, I'm happy for the whole community because we've got, I do programs with schools and that, like I've got, um, yeah. you know, VCE kids and come and do seminars. I've, I've been lucky enough to have the police force support. So I've got a lot of mm. local police officers that work with us as well or train with us mm. and I do seminars with them. Um, so it's a whole community thing, uh, Limitless in some ways, huge. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, so that awesome. the, do you think that
0: the success of the club, is that, did you get lucky opening up in Sunbury? Like, there's obviously, a lot of people, there's a lot of development, there's a lot of kind of people going there. Or do you think it's the yep. culture of the club or it's a
1: mixture of uh, It would be, be a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, firstly, there, there was a there's a couple of smaller schools in Sunbury, jiu-jitsu schools, and they're doing their thing. Um, they're not really full-time um, air, uh, places, venues, yep. but is there was, there was a couple of small ones here. Um, but the success I think would be mainly um, firstly going all in, like setting up a proper facility and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, having having um, uh, my wife who's um, in it with me as well. So she's full-time receptionist. So she's always on the phone and always working out with the, the marketing and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, then we are on, now we are on the main road of Summary. So you drive into Summary and you see our place lit up. So yeah, that's I
0: it yesterday, it. I drove through Sunbury yesterday. Oh,
1: I did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so, so that helps a lot too. And I think I was lucky with I have a you know, my original students that I, for whatever reason I got like the, the, I got an, a group called the original twenty. They're the original twenty limitless students, oh. and they all wear a patch. And uh, the majority of them are still training, and now they're all sort of getting to purple belt, brown belt level. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that culture set from the start with those guys, very lucky. Um, to have those students and they're still here now, the majority. I mean, there's a few left for whatever reason, but um, I think the culture is the, the big thing too. Awesome.
2: So, yeah. Awesome. Um, and can I ask, it, ask you about last year? How did how was that for you? Like, obviously, it was a pretty tough year for everyone. Um, being a, a pretty big jiu-jitsu school, do yeah. you think that helped you survive it? Or, like, how? what were you okay. guys doing to get through it? Well,
1: Firstly, yeah, the, the, the having to shut the doors was, you know, goddamn. Like that was especially when we firstly, we just moved to our brand new venue two weeks before lockdown. So, bigger facility, spent like a couple of hundred thousand dollars doing the whole place up. We put new toilets in, new showers in, bought a proper mood tie ring, new gym equipment, um, spent some big bucks, and then we had to close the doors, you know, put air conditioners through the whole place. Um, and then happened to close and we decided to shut everyone's debits off. So it was zero for everything. Mm. So we sat back and we're like, well, what can we do now? You know? Um, so we basically restructured the whole GMO. We worked on a new point of sales, new website, and we designed some, uh, I on a whole new fundamentals class structure that runs over six months. And that took a lot of time. And we also made um, an intro course that's online. So if we have a someone calls up and they go, what's this jiu-jitsu I've seen UFC or whatever, and they're not really sure. We're like, I'll jump online, do the intro course. It's like, you know, 20 videos and it teaches you how to put the gear on and it shows you, you know, what jiu-jitsu is all about. So you don't have those people walking in having no idea what they're about to do. So we did many things like that. And yeah. uh, it made the business a lot stronger because as soon as we were allowed to have people in the building, we, we opened without training. And we had... Coming and we signed up like the first day we opened like a soft opening or a soft reopening, we had people just coming through the door because we were still on the marketing and we were still on the, the you know trying to put positive out there with the you know social media sort of stuff. Okay. And, um, the day we we opened for that soft opening, we had people queuing up, walking in to sign up memberships before they even tried the place out, mm. and that so we grew thirty percent wow. in in that lockdown like from the lockdown to reopening fully, which is oh. massive. Um yeah. so, I don't know, you just got to keep going and keep put, putting yeah. that positivity out there into the community and people gravitate yeah. towards it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah. you know, having great members who talk yep. to other people and they, you know, you go, you go to the, I go to my son's kindergarten now and I just dropped him off and you got a lot of my students there and their parents there and they're talking to other parents going, oh, yeah, no, go and train jiu-jitsu for whatever reason, whatever purpose. And it's just, it's self-building now, like yeah. crazy. I am um, so Always grateful every day I get up for being able to do what I do and even having, you know, opportunities with you guys. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's amazing how it's all working together every day. Coming yeah. back, coming from a uh, tradie background, getting up and like a drizzly day like today and being out in the weather. <laughs>
0: yeah. And like, yeah. yeah,
1: Jiu-Jitsu coaching gets hard, but it's like nothing to that. So it's always yeah. every day a good day, you know. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: And one of the questions Kim and I often ask, and I think it's a great segue, is like, Who introduced you to BJJ? I mean, I'm just actually looking at your boa clip right now. I'm going to put it up shortly. We can do a little mini review if we like. But I just realized you were a brown belt back in 2015. So you're not one of the OGs of black belts like, you know, some of the other guys, which is great. You know, we need that mix. But we seem to have had a lot of long-time black belts lately. Yeah. Like, you haven't been doing jiu-jitsu that long, really, in comparison, probably. Or you were really slow.
1: I'm not sure. We're going to find that out. uh, Yeah, really slow. Really slow. (laughs) Tell us. Tell us the story. (laughs) <laughs> oh look i i i so okay i'll give you the full background of how it all yeah. happened yeah. it's going to take a few minutes right, That's fine. right yeah. we got all
2: the time go <laughs> up in
1: sunbury but i grew up on a farm in sunbury with my parents right obviously and uh there's not much to do out there right so i had like boxing bag out set up in a stable and things. I like. always loved martial arts, always loved lifting weights and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, That was my, my one thing. And another thing was racing dirt bikes. So it was a cool, motocross cool, cool. Was a yeah, yeah. Um, And by the time I was a teenager, I was taking it uh, super serious and uh, I was lucky enough to, to have a, a close mate who, um, who used to take me to all events when I was a kid. And uh, you know, we were racing every weekend and I ended up, I'll get to why I started Jiu Jitsu. I ended up getting sponsored by Yamaha and basically like sort of sort of turning semi-pro as a motocross racer. So as a kid, there's I a thought quick
0: time out on that. How good is the name Skidmore when you are a motorbike racer? I know.
1: That was the best name <laughs> because they're like, you know, you hear the announcer when I'm I'm going around the track, you oh Joy Skiddy Skidmore's going around the first quarter. Like, there's so many jokes about that. Um, you know, you hear it over the microphone and stuff. Um, but then You know, about 19, uh, I had a major injury, Um, so basically blew out my knees, and the doctors basically said, you cannot get on a dirt bike for at least a year, and because I was being sponsored at the time, you have to give everything that you got back. It was only like a lease sort of thing. They gave it to you, and then you give it back. So right then, when you thought you were a kid at 19, you think, I've made it. Like, it's your dream. It's your dream. Um, you know, it's like when you're a, a MMA fighter, you get a contract to a, a big event. You know what yeah. I mean? So I give all the stuff back. And I'm like, okay, I've got to rehab my knee. My mom hated me racing motocross. She was crying telling me to give it up. Dad was sort of backing her up as well. And, you know, one of my friends who, uh, I won't put a damper on, I think was killed on the motorbike in race just before that. And I was just like, all bad. So yeah. one minute you're living your dream. The next minute it's like, uh this is not what i I thought i ended up hating it because i had so much pressure as a young kid to try and perform on the on the dirt bike Mm -hmm. sponsors would be there you'd have to get to a certain level every race so scrapped it had to had to give the bikes back had to rehab the legs so i started going to gym uh had six knee surgeries to get over yeah yeah while i was doing that i was in the gym i had a boxing coach who said to me oh you know this boxing's great and um but there's something really out there and it's this grappling art like these guys if they grab you you're dead and i was like yeah, well, what do you mean i could just punch so him so right i was pretty jacked at the time i'm like i'll just fucking smash him. i don't care you know <laughs> and anyway so we go to this garage in summary like a local garage taught by a blue belt blue belt like legend he's a black guy now uh peter backman and okay. um and uh I had this young guy uh, named Steve. I rolled with him. He was probably sixty kilos. I was like ninety kilos, and he just was all over me. And I'm like, "This is crazy, you know." And I was just like, "I got to learn this stuff." And then he's, yeah. you know, they explained to me about the Machado brothers and the Gracie family. And I was there every day after that in this garage, just training and training and training. Um, slowly rehabbed the knees and getting over all the surgeries and all that. Um, started competing, got some good results. So this was literally like I think it was 2002. So it was a while ago. Wow! And then I moved. So you are an OG. Yeah, so I have yeah. been around a while. <laughs> Dave, Hart. Dave Hart held me back for years. I was like a brown belt for like over four years. You know.
2: Yeah. So, uh,
1: but it worked out well because it, it it helped me try and you know get to that level of competing. It's competing yeah. many years as a purple, many years as a brown. Right. Uh-huh. So yeah, moved to dominance, and then Dave, you know, he took me under his wing, and Dave Hart, Camro. This is the only reason I am where I am today for those two guys. They were always like. Yeah. You can do it. They call me cyborg. You can do it, cyborg. You can do it, cyborg. Is that because your knees? Your (laughs) cyborg
0: knees? Yeah,
1: yeah, they do do bend on funny angles. You can see it sometimes when I compete. They sort of just sort of (laughs) go like that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, And then, you know, competing in all overseas. We went overseas many, many times together. um, And Dave was always like, I spoke to Dave one time, I remember in New York, and he's like, I'm like, can I do this like and he's like dude you could you'd be a great personality to open your own school he goes i'll help you let's do it right. and then from then on i was like all right mission i'm gonna open my own gym and i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this yeah. and then and then we're here and making a living for me my wife and you know my son trains now and everything's good everything's great yeah. really
2: awesome. yeah, So, you know, there's no doubt about the depth from dominance i mean we've had uh, quite a lot of the ogs on yeah on this podcast from there you know, we've had cam we've had dave yeah. Um, mini Dave, big Dave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. There's, I, I
2: can't even count how many. There's so many. Yeah,
1: Lincoln. Um, there's so many. Yeah. Lincoln, guys, DC. So many, yeah. so many guys who've gone from a hobbyist jujitsu person to a full professional yeah. through dominance. And I know there's other gyms yeah. of course doing it now. Absolutely. And all that. There's a fantastic things going on there. Um, I back, I look back in the day now when the, when I was a colored belt and who I was a colored belt with those names you just mentioned, Dave yeah. Miranakis and, yeah. um, you know, Dan Kelly was there, Lachlan yeah. Giles. It was just yeah. all the crew. And I look right. back now, my like, man, yeah. at the time I knew it was special, but yeah. now looking back, I'm like, how special it was. Or nearly everyone, one of my close friends, is a professional jiu-jitsu coach or a professional athlete who I yeah. grew up going through the ranks with. So yeah. obviously yeah. something's going right there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's um, awesome too that like you've spread it across Melbourne, like geographically, yeah. they're in all different locations. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever yeah. you're living, you can't escape yeah. uh, jiu jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere uh, for and, that, and yeah.
1: all we're all still really close to, we all chat and, you know, yeah. just give each other crap and go to each other's houses or whatever. So, yeah. Is
2: there um, much rivalry between you guys now that you do have your own clubs when your students compete? Like, how does that go down? So, like, we pretend one are always boys is against an immersion yeah. guy or, or whatever.
1: We, we're jiu-jitsu competitors. We're competitive in whatever we do. You know what I mean? So, mm. with your students, are it's in good nature, but yes, it's always like ah, you know. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 more about we're not we don't voice it too much. We sort of just look at each other and sort of give yeah. each other the nod, like I got you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know, and even when we roll, even now, and we're all a bit older, we still we still go at it, you know. <laughs> so yeah. and it's still that competitive nature between us all. But
2: yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, Troy, I am a bit of an devotee of uh, flotation tanks or isolation yeah. tanks. So I was at one and just having a look at their website at elevation and your yeah. face popped up. And yeah. I was just wondering like the link between jujitsu and flotation tanks for you and stuff like that. I was like, wow I know that guy. Here we go. So yeah. yeah um, what's your what's your take on that flotation?
1: It's, tank? it's um well, you know it's a way to get away from the noise, basically, like literally. But I, I always need time to reset. You know, um, there's so much from especially being a jiu-jitsu coach and you've got so many people around you, you know, you've got hundreds of people you've, you're trying to, you know, service in a, in a positive way. So there's, there's that many conversations you've had or that many students who are having challenging times or you that many business decisions to make. There, I, I can't assess all that stuff when my phone's beeping when there's noise in there, when my son's going crazy, when the phone's ringing. So it's a way to get in there and, and decide to and make biz- clever, whether it's a business decision, a student decision, or how I'm going to structure classes. That's when I, I feel like I make the most progress me as, as a person when I'm isolating. but not only in an isolation tank. So, you know, it's great to go to those, but I have to do it more regularly. So I'm fortunate enough, I've built my own home and I've got a sauna in there as well. So I get the similar effects from my sauna yep. where it's just close the door, put some real chilled out tunes on, sit back and, and, and decide what, what, whatever it is I've got to work on. And, and that's where I feel for me, a, a lot of good things have happened here, which then mm. comes out into the real world. I also do it in i I've got a spa as well. So it's yep. always that, that time to, 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 to decide what's important and work on what mm. I need to work on for, for everybody else. Um, on top of that, I, I have a breathwork coach as well, so working on breathing. So I do that in there as well, um, wow. which is huge. Again, uh, it's something that I sort of really got into it um, during the COVID lockdown. Yes. Um, I had a couple of, like, Skype sessions with him and stuff like that, and um, it's really good. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So it can relax you and make you think better and all that sort of stuff. So um, um, it works
0: yeah, Pasha Stalia was talking on last podcast about how um, if he's not breathing properly in a match, his anxiety right. levels shoot through the roof, he can't put right all the gases out. You know, I, I definitely, yeah. and I, I'm 100% on the same page as well. Um, like, I, I'm a big fan of the Wim Hof breathing yep. technique. Um, and I did his yep. seminar and I was just blown away by the impact of yeah. breathing, just simple breathing, yeah. Yeah, it's, no, it's I no secret. It's been around forever, obviously, but it's overlooked, you know. It should be
1: part of the introductory is. class of breathing. Exactly, yeah. It's, just, it's so crazy. And I used to, you know, I've tried everything to try and perform at my best. I've been, you know, taking all the different supplements, doing all the different weightlifting workouts, all the, everything. Hardly slept, trained, but every, four hours sleep, trained, get up, train, train, do all this. Yeah. And now getting a little older, maybe a little smarter, it's not that complicated. Like, yeah. seriously, the best things I've done is relax, like learn to relax. Like it's almost like it's an, something you have to get good at is to learn how to relax. You have to practice yeah. to, how to relax. So I'm getting better at the relaxing. I'm getting better at breathing and then everything seems to come together. But if you don't relax and you don't breathe properly, you've got no chance, you know, yeah. um, with these breathing sessions I've been doing with my, my friend who's got his own, his own company. I think it's called create flow breath work. Um, he's a BJJ student as well um, uh, the, like the way we can he can get me to hold my breath you know the, the in and out in and out and then the yeah. breath holds and he calls it old score and all that I'm, I don't really know all the scientifics behind it but my god it makes a difference yeah. yeah and now being a coach of so many you see it and you're like that guy's rolling like he's doing bench press you know yeah. he's like, <laughs> yeah. you're like yeah hang on a <laughs> second. you're basically going for a jog when you're rolling but you're doing yeah. bench press at the same time you are going to get fatigued you yeah. know so we talk a lot about that you know they, they're like they're dead while they're rolling you know it's wow. like you don't breathe like that yeah. um so that's been huge i can't recommend breath work is yep. is massive i think in just this world we're just up and going and smashing coffee and just boom 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 mm-hmm. and we're not even you know getting air into our belly and fully expanding our lungs you know um not calming geared, that
0: mind. geared towards anxiety of the community nowadays not relaxation that's for sure yeah, yeah. and so how do we
1: right. fix anxiety let's go and see the doctor and take something mm. and maybe you just need someone to sit down with you put some chilled out music on put your yeah. phone over there have no distractions breathe and have a good conversation with someone and then all of a sudden you go oh yeah. what i don't have anxiety anymore that's, that's yeah. magic
2: yeah. Yep. Or even with the performance, what you're saying, you spend hundreds of dollars on supplements and everything. But oh The answer's God. inside you. Like it it's in it. your breath. You, you yes. it's all it. along. You yeah. don't
1: need all that
2: other
1: yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, talk to the students all the time. Oh, I'm really, really nervous. And it's like, well, good. That means you care. That's my, yeah. I go, you care. You should be nervous. Right. But let's go, let's work on your breathing and let's mm. burn some energy. So you get your heart rate up. And then all of a sudden they're not, they're not suffering so much. What am I looking at here? Well, I thought oh, I yeah. should have a
0: little that's bit of a squeeze. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. So you have to show a match that I lose? <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: just thought I, just, I, don't, I don't have any others. <laughs> no, that's
1: all right. All right. Back in the day, back in the day when I was competing, I barely put anything up, so I didn't really even own a computer back when I was competing. I just trained. I didn't yeah. film anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, uh, wait, this is uh,
2: uh, well, yeah, yeah. the end.
0: Well, yeah, that's the end. Well, this is like, first of all, look at Ben's haircut. I don't know if you can yes. see that for here, but he came out. Well, with a again,
1: crazy. he promoted us both, so good on him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So then, It's the most
1: boring match. He pulled, we got to 50 50. Remember when 50 50 sweet for sweet was going? Yes. I mean,
0: yes. I haven't so watched it right. so long. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to ask. Look, you didn't, you didn't have anywhere near the facial hair game you've got now. So, you know. <laughs> a lot
1: heavier, too.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm a lot yeah, lighter now.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. What, was the, what was the secret to your? Like, you you were a lot trimmer now, obviously. Were, were yeah. you, do you train differently now? Or you train more or
1: you uh, your diet? Like what's Yeah. Um well, my wife's a nutritionist as well. So she's uh-huh. helped sort that out. That that helps. So that's, you know, obviously part of the formula of limitless as well. Yeah. Um and stopped doing so many weights and I'm uh, geez, man, I'm sound like a like a crazy person. I mean I do a lot of strength yoga stuff too. So yoga for BJJ yes. and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like it's way more relevant that sort of training than yeah. busting ass and. Picking up a two hundred kilo deadlift, I really do.
0: Well, oh, um, cool. Tiago right now is also doing like he's doing the yoga teacher training as well. Like I, I think that yeah. there's definitely a place for yoga. It's, it's I like it's Oh, for sure. Sort
2: of- I mean, I heard I heard a um a line once that yoga is one of the few sports that you can do that you can actually get better at as you get older. Oh um, yeah, you yeah. can get further into a backbend as a sixty year old than yes. what you could as a twenty year old. Wow. Yeah. Because the way the body's made and the way that yoga is. So absolutely. And yoga and jujitsu goes great together. We're so compressed all the time. So mm-hmm. yoga is good because it's it sort of opens you up. Open you up. Yeah. Cause we're always like, Yeah. Weight training doing? just is more compression, I think. So yeah.
1: Well, yeah, weight training as well. Like I feel like if I do a real weight session, it takes me off the mat. Where if I yeah. do a good yoga session, I might be able to add another session on the mat. Mm. And as well, that that holding and that. That that when you're holding like a a guard pass, like trying to hold the pass, that's more relevant, like more closely related to yoga than it is push bench press or whatever, you know. Yeah. I feel and I feel like that squeeze that you need for jujitsu is 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 helped by yoga a lot.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I I noticed here Ben's Ben's saying to apply a worm guard or has a worm guard kind of situation going on here. Yeah. Or some version of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And 50-50 a lot showed up in your match. Were you prepared for that sort of stuff? Was that part of your normal training? <laughs> so, or was that all then? What year was
1: this? This was like 2015. 2015. Uh, 15. So, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I knew he was. He was training with Kit Dale at the time. Yeah. And I know he was playing that stuff when he was... Because he was a dominance uh, for, for a couple of years as well.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, I knew his game well. And he knew my game well. My game plan was to go under and underpass him. Yeah. And, uh, and Darth choking because I was landing a few of them back then, back in those days. Yeah. And he knew that. So, uh, he started to time out lapels. I think he thought he'd confuse me with it. And it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Um, I was, I, yeah, I was pretty sure he was going to do it. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I knew it was going to be 50 50 all lapel worm or something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh, that might have also been the last time Ben Hodgkinson was in a gi. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, probably. I, I yeah. trained much
1: gi anyway. Probably. That's for sure. Uh, good on him he's been he's been working real hard he he he, he puts everything in. he's got nothing but working hard at jiu-jitsu and yeah, yeah good on him good on him good yeah. keep going ben yeah yeah
0: awesome
1: man. And, and obviously the rest of the crew at absolute road what Lockie's done and you know craig and all those guys it's it's so awesome to have that community so close you know in melbourne getting to that level it's just it's just gross yeah, yeah i love, it. love it
0: awesome man that's brilliant yeah and what other, what other is there? Anything you'd like to pass out to the BJJ community right now? Is there anything you want to promote? Is there anything you want to uh, discuss? Because you know we 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 don't have a lot of listeners, but we do have a growing listener I base. Think we do. We yeah, we right do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, right.
1: Yeah, I think you do. I think the yeah. There's a few people who spoke about it on the mat here. So we've wow. oh, got wow. summary. it's yeah. <laughs> a summary all the <laughs> way out here. So, yeah, have yeah, well, well, summary. That's
0: a good. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty, yeah. Moving in the right direction.
1: Um, I don't know. I suppose I could talk about what I've been working. I think for me uh, as a coach, like uh, seven years nearly now, so mm-hmm. 14. Yeah. So we opened in 2014. Um, you know, not when you're a coach. I look at me when I started a coach, I was a white belt coach. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to earn your stripes yeah. as a coach. Now it's completely different to being an athlete. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like now I'm starting to get a little bit of depth. So I suppose seven years I'll be a colored belt of some sort level coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's big on, I've been really big on the structure and the way to deliver the classes. Mm. That's been my like, thing during the whole of COVID. I was like really trying to put it together for a mind that hasn't been trained in jiu-jitsu as quick as they can so they can learn quicker and faster to get to a black belt, hopefully in less time it took me. Yes? Okay. So um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then again, so, it's not it's not about the race, it's about the journey, is it? It's not about the destination. So yeah, yeah. Stay on the path, absolutely. everyone. Stay on the is path, but yeah. I feel like
1: I can give you shortcuts now because gone are the days where you could just turn up on the mat like back uh, all my coaches have been amazing but back on the day you could just show any technique and everyone was blown away but now that's not real coaching you know what I mean you've got to start to structure it so we started out the the start of the year like just working on you know uh, position control first and then try and build that map so every, in everyone's yeah. head, so if you're a beginner and you've been training three months, you've got a pretty clear map of jiu-jitsu. You haven't just got a bunch of techniques. that As soon as you roll, they go out the window. Yeah. Um, so I've been working massively on that, and it, it's been huge. So it work, we work on subjects. Like, it goes for two to three weeks, and we'll spend that, that amount of time on, say, guard passing or whatever. But I don't uh, just show guard passes. I try and work on, like, how mechanically each guard pass works. Mm. So in the heat of the moment, they're not – trying to memorize step by step what i said grab that and do this and do that they can actually assess what's going on and, and and pick the right path to go because they understand the position so um let's say we're in close guard you know you're in close guard how to attack from there Look, number one but this is what i'm drilling in my students now so that's what i'm choosing so we're doing close guard at the moment firstly keep your legs locked don't let them just push on your knee or, or whatever and just open your guard so number one keep your legs locked number two Keep them on their knees. You don't want them to stand up. Mm. So attack their balance by keeping them on their knees. Never let them set and stand. You don't want them to stand. So always keep them on their knees. That's what step two, keep them on their knees. Step three, put them in a bad situation by attacking their balance, trying to push them sideways, hit, hit them up for like a hip pump sweep or pull them forward, get the arm across. Once you get them to a vulnerable state, then start to look for your submission. So in their mind, they've got a step by step process of how to roll rather than knee go. Oh, here's a cross choke, here's an armbar, here's an normal platter, now do it. As soon as they slap hands with anyone else, the, the guard's gone, you know, so I'm trying to... And then after we roll, I say, what, where, where'd you go wrong? And they're like, I don't know, I, they, they stood up and I'm like, perfect, don't let that happen again. Why'd they right. stand up? Oh, because they had their balance. Yeah. Good, how do we stop the balance? And make them work it out themselves. Do by the thinking their no, Otherwise, great. I could just show any coach can, thousands of techniques, and then tell you, oh, you've got to put it together in your mind, good luck. Mm -hmm. It takes years like it took me, you know? (laughs) So I I think it's going to shorten the period, hopefully, you know, know, from the average 10 years to to a little shorter. And I think that's not just me. I think it's a lot of coaches doing that. But I'm trying to um, spend a lot of time now doing my thing, like what I feel is right. So spend a lot of time on the mat and really focus on the students to then – up with my formula that i think is best without too many other influences you know and it seems to be going good now uh it's an obsession now it's gone past where it's like it's it's the middle of night i'll be taking notes and i'll be getting up early and thinking about classes but it's a good obsession and it's it's working well and the the classes are growing and i believe we've got a lot of good students coming up um Mm. you know our teenage program we've got I don't know how many kids, and they're all talking about international competition. So, wow.
2: awesome. I can't wait oh, for the great. future.
1: I really can't. Yeah, yeah. So
2: fantastic, man. awesome. Yeah. yeah, and having I good, think-
1: good parents around the kids as well. You know, they're all going there. Like, when are we going to America again? And all that. So it's like, God, this, is, this is crazy. Who great. knows where we're going to get? Yeah, great to have someone, yeah. for a country town, right? Yeah.
0: Great to have someone yeah. so passionate on the show about the future of jujitsu about what you're up to. I appreciate you coming on so much, baby. I'm sure Kim does
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, jiu-jitsu is huge now. It's common knowledge, man. Like back in the day, it was like, oh, what do you do? Karate? What's that? You know? Now you can pretty much say to anyone, I do jitsu. and Like, oh, wow, really? I watch UFC, you know? Yeah. It's like, so who knows where it's going to end up? I I feel like it's going to get to that uh, quite a professional level for everywhere. And you might even get it all the way through to the the younger generation where it's kids' professional comps as well. Um, And that's I feel like we're – jiu-jitsu starting to approach it that way you know with even the way that the comps are ran from back in the day to now when smooth comp and all that like it's a lot different and everyone everything's you know um, recorded and all that sort of stuff it's so much better back in the day it was just you turned up you weighed in it was, oh, a piece it was paper, paper
2: based, yeah a paper based, right and yeah. then you'd win and
1: you'd get a little medal like that and there's yeah. no record of it so i've got all these medals from like mg i think they will called it yeah. dominance but yeah. like these yeah. little yeah. ones and i was I don't even know what year it was no. or what. Yeah, it was the
0: fat belt. Yeah, you know, that's what you want now, though. The big fat yeah. belt. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I went to the, we went to America, we did the Naga with a couple of the juniors.
0: Mm. Yeah. And
1: it, it, is, it is, it's a good belt, but you know what else they get? They get they samurai the swords. Sword. Oh, yeah. like, How are yeah. we going to get this home? Like this yeah. kid down the car park with samurai swords.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're
1: <laughs> kicking good shit out. <laughs> it's, it's madness, yeah? Yeah, and the way it's have you done? Have you? If you, anyone's seen, that you guys seen Naga or bent? I've it? seen
2: the Naga sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very it's awesome.
1: It's like it reminds me of like I don't know, like Texas sort of style. Yeah, Let's go and let's yeah. roll and massive flags <laughs> <and> <laughs> everywhere it, and yeah. this flames and stuff yep. like that. And samurai swords, it's, it's madness. Sure, but, yeah. uh, it's good too, you know. Yeah,
2: uh, it's good. Yeah, the future looks but I only
1: bright. Now so... samurai swords. Hey. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the yeah. future's bright. I think we're about to run out of time. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Man, that it, went quick it goes, goes quick, doesn't it? It doesn't take long, and yeah, yeah. we've only got the free one, so we've got a bit of a oh, time okay. limit. We've got to, um, <laughs> got to get going. But oh. thank you so much for giving up your time. It's a uh, great yeah, to speak you. to another OG, and I think great. we've almost run out of the dominance OGs. Or yeah, well, no, nah, yeah. I'm sure that there's probably another.
1: Has he been on there or anything like that, Lee Who? Ting? Lee no, Ting? No, 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 we no, haven't had him
0: on. He's another one. Also, if you find any good kids, well, I'm sure you do. You've got a lot of them. But if you've got any kids who want some exposure, I'd love to. I'd love to have a have like a on the. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, food. let's
2: get, We could get a kid on. Yeah, yeah let's a cane. do it. Yeah, I've got. A got, a a got um,
0: that'd be yeah. great.
1: Yeah, let's do it. That, yeah, we'll yeah do it'd be for, perfect.
0: We'll, you come on as well, and we'll just talk about what. Be yeah,
1: that'll, for that'll you. work. Yeah. A Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of kids who are taking it real serious. Let's do it. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
2: All right, Troy. All right. We'll, Thanks again, we'll be posting this up soon. If you can uh, share it on yeah. your page, that'll help grow our audience. Like That'd be fantastic. Yep. We might grow from five to 55. Who knows?
0: <laughs> Listeners. Thank you. That's the goal. That's Jeez the
2: up. goal. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <All> Have right, <laughs> good day. Thank you, guys. Right. Thank, Thank you so much. See Bob you soon. See you. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.